Eh, uh, recording. Recording. Uh. Right, three, two, one, and clap. Are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. I came in too soon. Do it again. No, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't really matter all that much when I edit. Well, why do we bother trying to clap in time at all? Just say clap when you like, you should say. Right, well then let's clap again. One, two, three, clap. Right, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Fucker. You did that on purpose, didn't you? Well, I didn't do anything on purpose. You fucking did. You're gaslighting me. I'm not gaslighting (laughs) you by saying one, two, three, clap. It's just how we sync the audio up. We're ready now then, are we? Shall I do it? Go for it. We're recording. We are live. It is Cheap Show live. We are recording this live. It's going out live. Okay. No, there's no. Live Cheap Show report. Fuck off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Cheap Show, the economy comedy podcast, the show where me and Eli go for the bargain bins, the charity shops, the thrift stores, the boot sales of Great Britain, and bring back the treasure we find amongst that trash. Are you ready for having some fun? <laughs> I don't know why I turned that into like a broken English Swedish tourist then. I'm ready. I'm ready for Are you for ready having for having fun? fun? <laughs> you sound like a Swedish prostitute. Oh, are you having the cum now? Hmm. No, that's Yoda. <laughs> Sex Yoda. Sex Yoda. Well, we've got a packed show today. So, Eli, shall we just crack on and get this show right going? I'm ready for fun times. Let's have the fun times. It's Cracker Jack. No, it's Cheap it's Show. It's Cheap Show. Is that the music now? Yeah, music comes in now. I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. Cheap show, you're going to have to learn to fucking accept. Cheap show. Cheap show. Cheap show. It's the price of shite. And I go and I nuzzle. So, mate. Hello. How you doing, mate? How you doing? How how are you doing? I'm okay, Paul. How are you? How is your fine self this very good day? Are you ready for fun? I am absolutely tickety-boo. And not only am I ready for fun, but I've set my phases to fun as well. Oh, my word. What's your fun meter reading? What? How high up is your fun meter? Uh, my fun meter. What le- What level? Well, I'm looking at the dial now, and it says throbbage. It's hot level throbbage fun. Super fun. You're an 11. This one goes to 11. No, this one just <laughs> goes to throbbage. Oh, I-, I like saying the word throbbage. <laughs> Eli. Yes. Rub, rub. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd never asked you to do that now. It's, you know it's, that. it's my new thing now. I'm having it. Every, every time, Good. ladies and gentlemen, Eli says something I find ridiculous, pointless, obtuse, annoying, wrong, idiotic. I'm just going to say, rub, rub. (laughs) Oh, no. That's going to disarm my power. Oh, you, with your rub, rub, I've opened up a Pandora's box. Yeah, you've opened up Pandora's rub, rub. Let's just start that. Let's start the whole thing again. This has been extremely poor. 
We've only done five minutes, haven't we? No, we're not going to. You're only saying that now. (laughs) You're only saying that right now. So we don't do the bit I've just done about me saying the word rub rub as a reaction to your stupidity. That's not true. I'm I'm thinking of technical things. I'm telling you, as a a co-worker at this podcast, Paul... That I had the volume up. I'm sorry. It's fucked it. I fucked Mate. my recording. It's fucked. Mate. This is bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> it's not. It's just you always put your phone <laughs> in the corner of your room under a shelf next to some lead line bloody shelving. Did you sound better? Do I sound better now? I haven't paused it. Oh, fuck. It's all gone wrong. It's not gone wrong. It's just that you're <laughs> an incompetent twat. It's really that simple. Uh, right. Well, can we get on with this I fucking have podcast? Need- I have needs. You, uh, I've got personal needs. You, yeah, all your personal. needs involve your dick and a sponge. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Are you? <laughs> Do you like sponging it? Yeah. Do you sponge <laughs> <Do>. it. <laughs> it's my favourite thing to do: is sponging mine and other people's penises. <laughs> oh wow. Would you use a big one? Well, like a big sponge. Is it one of those organic, originally organic no, sponges no, that have a nice no, rough no, texture? No. Did you know? Did you know, Paul? If you took a live sponge, all right. Where is it going up? If it up your ass, is it? Is no. It? <laughs> if you took a live sponge and put it in a blender, yeah, yeah, and then left it like on the lab counter overnight, yeah, it would all it would crawl all back together and become a monster again. <laughs> become a monster again. <laughs> a sponge. That that might be true, but I don't have the evidence to hand to 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 back that claim up. So, the point I was trying to make was. What was my point? I did have a thing I wanted to talk about. What? Um, Sponging your dick. Right, so yeah, I get a great big bucket and I put the sponge in. That's what you wanted to talk about. A great big yellow one. A great big yellow sponge. You know, the usual oval-shaped sponge. Squelchy, squelchy, squelch. Get it all soapy, foamy. And then, right. and then I lie you yeah. down on a bed what... and I lift your legs up yeah. above your head. And I... No. <laughs> and I slap that soapy sponge oh. right on your gooch. And I go, Paul. Gucci, Gucci, coo. Like that. <laughs> oh, God. And then I say, Nursey, kiss it better. No. And then... <laughs> <laughs> we have this... absolutely no material this we week, got ladies and gentlemen. Fuck all. Fucking hell. And the first five minutes is going to have all buzzing on it as well. But anyway, oh, my end. God. I have been trying for the past few weeks to legitimise this podcast. Yes. I've been on the radio talking about it. I've done print media with Pod Bible and stuff. And then the very shame of you. The very <laughs> not... filth of your existence. Oh, wow. Ruining my guard work. Oh, your guard work? Yeah, my guard work. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Let's just start this show. Can we just start the show? I can do it. I'm perfectly compass mentis, mate. I'm totally right. com- I'm 100% compass mentis and behind you. And I just want right. to say I'm 100% behind you and I stand by everything you say. I'm here. I'm on the I'm on the team here down here in Harrogate. I'm 100% behind cheap show and all related products and brands. And I stand here behind the show supporting the show. I love cheap show. Paul, I'm ready to do the show. That's what I'm trying to say. I think I have lost it. I think I have actually lost it. I think Eli. I, have, I lost it. I lost Eli. it. Eli. Yeah. Eli. I'm ready to do the show. Eli. Rub, rub. Rub, rub. <laughs> rub, rub. <laughs> rub, rub. <laughs> 
It is now time for a segment of the show we call Tales from the Shop Floor. Eli, tell them what that segment's all about. Uh, that segment, Paul, Tales from the Shop Floor, is when our listenership, mm. our dear mm. listenership, they our write dear in, listenership. They'll write in, be it email, scribble, scribble, be it post, scruffle, scruffle, be it uh, carrier pigeon, be it te- telegram, be it radio transmission. Be fizzle, it, fizzle, um, fizzle. Secret ink, special secret invisible ink posted through a flap. Spoff. Uh, all right, yeah, and spoff graffitum. <laughs> <laughs> spoff graffitum. Is that some kind of prog rock album I've not heard of before? Yeah. Oh, by the way, on that, Paul, talking of prog rock, um, the magnificent Joshoffs with spoff <laughs> graffitum. I've discovered there's an there's a band that are trying to uh, steal Strewn Onions' um, uh, thunder and. Uh, in well, what they way? keep sort of turning up in the town the week after they do a gig there and fucking tearing, tearing mm. shit down, like you know, because rocking hard. They basically and they steal, they do rock versions, hard rock versions of uh, Strewn Onions folk songs, and they're called Mumble Hatch. Don't support Mumble Hatch, Eli. Yeah, <laughs> rub, 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 rub. <laughs> Rub, rub. So we, right. we invite they... you, the dear listener, to send us an email about an experience you've had working at or visiting a shop. Could be a charity mm. shop, could be a department store. Sometimes it's just on the job. We've had policemen, ambulancemen, firemen, all sorts of men and women send this <laughs> stuff in. Paul, yeah. uh, it did start, didn't it? Sort of exclusively charity shop, because uh, we're a cheap show and we're yes. the champions of charity shops. Mm. But... It's expanded to any work-related tale. Yes, and that we're fine with that because we're a show that's flexible and likes to give. We're a flexi format. Ooh. Here we go. Here's our first... Well, not first. We're only doing one. Here is our only email for this segment. It's from William. Technically, it is the first. Yeah, but it's also the last. This is the first and the last ever. No. See, this is why I didn't want to talk about the semantics (laughs) of that phrase. (laughs) Well, you shouldn't have fucking started. You've opened up a Pandora's box. And now I can't help it. Is this the last one ever? Shut up. (laughs) Right. Paul and Eli. This is from William. Hello, Bill. Hello, Does he like Bill? Does he like being called Billy? He says Will in this, so he goes, Me, Will, and my fiance, Connor, are both longtime fans of the show and have an interesting Tales from the Shop Floor for you. Ooh. Oh. Well, let's find out just how interesting it is. Eli is our story uh, adjudicator, and you'll be rating the story. On what parameters, Mr. Silverman? Well, I like, uh, first, a great prose style. I'm looking for Mm. a narrative arc and also just incident, you know, just colourful detail. You know, hit me with some some nuance. I like to see some nuance or some, like, realistic uh, bit of description. Mm. Maybe a bit of description. Not too much, Paul. So, basically, to cover those points again, I'm looking for, one, a great prose style. Two, respect for me as a co-host of the show. None of this pandering to Paul's, uh, you know, uh, uh, whims and uh, uh, niceties. <laughs> rub, rub, ladies and gentlemen. Rub, rub. <laughs> Say it with me. Yeah, rub, rub. I'll be judging this. Hopefully it's going to get me in the mood to be serious because I'm losing my shit here. <laughs> Right, let's crack on with the letter. You just relax, Eli, and I'll crack on. All right. But obviously... Get involved if you have a point to raise. Here we go. Okay, we'll do. We'll do, Paul. 100% behind you. Yeah, Excellent. Let's do it. Here we go. So, Will and Connor, they have a story for us, and it begins thus. We, like most people who have been spending a lot of time indoors over the last few weeks, 
Oh, this is not a great sentence to start with, Will. (laughs) (laughs) We, like most people, have been spending a lot of time indoors over the last few weeks, and because of this, we have been listening to a lot of older episodes of the pod to keep us occupied. Ah. Just about fine. (laughs) We're going to let that one go. Otherwise, it's going to be a long segment. Let's just just say, Paul, Will, you overpacked the first sentence to a serious... Degree and it's straining at the seams. Less is see. more. Sometimes will less is more. Yeah, just chop it into two sentences. You got too many dangling participles. Just uh, you know, lop a few off. Keep them in a bag. Yeah, and uh, and stick them back in in the next sentence. Yeah, just start just, a new sentence. Yeah, you know, save all your past participles that are dangling for another time. Yes, right. One day last week, after listening to a good few episodes featuring various stories from other cheapskates, a somewhat traumatic tale that occurred at the beginning of last summer came to mind. I will add that neither of us claim it to be the best story that the show has ever featured. However, it feels very thematically relevant. Oh, I'll read, I'll just do a little cheap show translation of what he means by thematically relevant, Paul. Yeah. By thematically relevant, that is code for concerning... Fecal matter. <laughs> Do you think so, though? Because he yes, also says it will be. It will be shit. It is gonna be a poo poo. It's gonna be a laden nappy of a letter. It's gonna be a sweaty nappy in a park, just sitting there on the grass. I think that's very cynical of you. And let's just find out exactly what okay. they mean by thematically relevant. All right. So the pair of us moved to Waterloo from Cornwall in 2018 to start university and almost managed to go an entire year without seeing anything you would deem particularly out of the ordinary. Um, Paul, <sighs> they moved to... Did Will just say move to Waterloo? Yeah, from Cornwall to do university. Where's Waterloo? It's in London, you prick. Is it? There's a bridge, but where's... Oh, you know actually... what? You've brought up a very interesting point. This Waterloo Station and Waterloo Bridge. Yeah. But is Waterloo a thing? It's not really. I wouldn't have called it Waterloo. It's like lower temp. It's like, you know, it's Suffolk, isn't it? Oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm cracking on. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to talk about Waterloo and where it is. Waterloo. <laughs> That's it. You just wanted to sing ABBA. Right, good. We're moving on. Come on. We were aware for many years listening to the pod that London charity shops would be likely more expensive, with less interesting items than we're used to finding in Cornwall. But it didn't stop us regularly looking around for some bargains. He says, in parentheses, a seven-inch single of I Love Little Pussy for 49p in a Camden Oxfam comes to mind. What's I Love Little Pussy? I don't know. Hmm. He's raising a lot of questions. More questions than he's answering. Anyway, on a particularly warm day of summer last year, he he likes the word particularly, doesn't he? Particularly, particularly, particularly. He's trying to to trip you up. Particularly, 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 but instead of that noise, da, 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 it's particularly, particularly... Mate, you do realise that's the worst kind of 80s stand-up material you can think of. <laughs> particularly, particularly... Wee-woo. Right, shut up. Particularly, so they were taking a stroll through Camberwell and Brixton, and we decided to look around the charity shops. From memory, we mm. had a look around seven or eight different stores, but unfortunately, a mix of high prices and stores with little but clothes to offer led us to finding nothing. Oh. Shame. We've often been in that situation, though, haven't we? we? Me and you, when we've been looking around, we've travelled many a shop and come away empty-handed. It's just it's just part of the game. It's all part of the game. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You've yeah. got to walk, walk tall you've with got your to, head held proud. You've got to know when and to hold them, know when to stroll them, know when to hide them. away, know when to run. 
Yeah, you didn't think that through, but that could work. Dedication's what you need if you yeah. want to be a record breaker. You've you've mixed two songs, haven't no, you? No, I haven't. Yes, you have. The Gambler by Kenny Loggins. Yeah. And um, is it Loggins? It's not. Who's that other Kenny? Kenny Who's that Kenny guy? Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Kenny Rogers. Um, there's The Gambler, which is just a tune about this poker player. Yeah. Where he says, you've got to know when to hold him, know no when, when to fold him. No when yeah, to hide away, no when yeah. to run. If you want to be the best and you no, want to take no. the test, oh, dedication's what you need. And then you're mixing that with dedication by that, which is from Record Breakers. Which Roy is Castle. What, what he, Roy Castle used to sing on Record Breakers. Yeah. And do you know Nor- Norris McWhirter? <laughs> Norris McSquirter. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, please continue. Could I just say one other thing, Paul? I've been to Brixton. There is a particularly good Oxfam on the corner. There is. Do you know the one I mean? That's the where I got the Cannon and Ball and the Roy J albums. Yeah. So there is, there are good shops, but um, definitely sympathise that sometimes you just come away empty-handed. Right. Um, so nothing. the letter continues. We left the final shop of the day, which was Brixton Bernardo's. We walked and we started to walk home. A trendy, relaxed-looking woman who had just left the store was walking just ahead of us. A detail that was about to become much more relevant than we could ever expected. What what detail? That she was relaxed and trendy-looking? Yeah, she was walking like the Mr. Soft from the Softmint adverts. <laughs> yeah, that's how I imagine. Uh, we had been walking back up the road for what must have been two or more minutes, happily chatting away with said individual now walking about 40 metres ahead of us. It's around this time when I noticed something strange. The woman ahead had walked up to the small driveway of a roadside house and appeared oh. to be pulling her trousers down. Oh, Eli's right, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Eli's always right. Here comes the poo detail. Burbler. Right. Because it comes out like burbler, burbler, burbler. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, know I know. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, I did get I that. He didn't need to explain that to me. We all know that's what uh, the noise it comes out. Making the noise. Yeah, of. right. Got it. Right. Awaiting eye surgery. I was convinced I must be mistaken. However, the question: Will is it just me seeing this in my ear? Suggested this was not the case. We continued at a slightly slower pace, attempting to mind our own business. But unfortunately, this became impossible as we got closer. Now, only a few seconds away from her, she clearly had her trousers around her calves and had a resounding look of anger on her face. We've all been there. Angry shitting. Angry shitting. Angry shitting in the USA. Not our best material. Angry shitting in the US. (laughs) I've got... I hate myself. (laughs) Right, next. Come on. Adding to the already strange situation, she released what could only be described as an angry grunt. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. At this point, the moment we will both remember till the day we die occurred. With another grunt of anger, what could only be described as an eruption of liquid fecal matter shot out of her at such a speed, it splashed all over the driveway wall behind her. Whoa! I've seen squit squit hit a wall. I've seen. I've had a, oh. my brother squitted up a wall. Have you every day? Have you, you every seen, day? Have you seen your? We used to get Paul. We yeah. used to get up in the morning. Yeah. Go go to the wall, squit right up it. All three of us, and we it used to play a little tune. If you tune your you tune your ass right to get a squit coming out at just the right speed, and that affects the tonal qualities hitting the wall, like that, a humming as it. Paul, oh, just say rub rub, please. Rub, say rub. Rub. <laughs> <laughs> rub, rub. Rubbity right. rub. 
We're fine. So she's shat. Anything else in this story? Well, hang on. Let me get behind it. So blah, 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 blah. They're both used to seeing liquid shit. Nor had we smelt something like this. Although we passed her oh. incredibly swiftly, the smell of the liquid mess was probably the most unpleasant thing which I personally had to experience to this day. And we really picked up our pace at this point and both fell silent, occasionally glancing towards each other in bewilderment. Neither of us can imagine what the full story must have entitled. This person seemed to go from happily browsing Bernardo's for a good deal to this within the space of a few minutes. Nothing about her behaviour had seemed unusual up until that point. She obviously just had a bad tummy trouble. Yeah. She might have been standing yeah. in the store going, oh, what's that? Oh, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have had yeah. those eggs last night. They were a bit yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. And those goes, eggs. And then, well, whatever. It doesn't matter the food at this point. It's just <laughs> Eggs tum- for dinner. Why has she had eggs for dinner? Weird. No one has eggs. You're so weird about food. You're like an alien. You don't understand. You're like, you're like an alien. You're like, you, you came down no, and just you just got you there with a rub rub. Just a quick no, preemptive no. rub rub. Rub rub, Mr. Like, Silverman. Rub it rub. You come down and you rub, go, rub, oh, rub, could rub. I have a... Could rub, I have rub. a slice of rub, the rub. of the wheat network rub, rub. slice, please? And you'd mean bread. Rub, rub. Or you'd go, could I have the juice of rub, a rub. red fruit? And you'd mean tomatoes. Rub, rub. And then, Mr. Silverman, no. rub, rub. I have said All rub, right. rub. I, <laughs> okay. I wish you to respect the rub, rub. All right, I've got to respect the rub, rub. So, regardless of this, neither can imagine what she must have ate to produce an effluence of such smell and consistency. Ooh. Neither can we comprehend the vigour in which she dispatched it from her body. Although we have seen many strange things in the time since that day, I don't believe anything has come close to the story of the raid shitter of Brixton. Don't romanticise it, Will. You make it sound like a Victorian adventure. Listen, just because a lady suffers from a bad, upset stomach. Who are we to laugh at them? Poor lady. I think if she's angry, it's probably because she's angry that she's forcing herself publicly to drop a hot mess. You know what I mean? I'd be angry. But wouldn't you think, Paul, you'd think there's got to be some problem with this person, you know, like a medical issue that they had to shit. You know, have you ever had to shit and then shat? I shat in a sea once and then kids (laughs) laughed at me. Do you remember? Did I tell you that story? I sat in the sea and I thought no one could see, but then there were people like higher up the beach, up some stone steps, who could see the floaters bobbing up behind Great. me. Aren't you a charmer? And, uh, Aren't you? What? I had, I had to go. Are you angry for me, for childhood Eli shitting in a tide pool? I don't think you were very angry doing it. You probably thought you were clever. I thought I was getting away with it, but yeah. no. The, the laughter of children above me screaming. <laughs> How old were you? I was I was like in my early teens and maybe 12, something like that. As opposed to when you shat your pants walking home from a gig once because you threw up too hard. Yeah. So, you were in your 40s and you did that, weren't you? No, I wasn't in my 40s. I was in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Late 30s. Oh, look, this isn't this isn't meant to be Eli, times Eli has lost control of his bowels You talk. brought it up. I just wondered if you'd ever had to shit in public. I don't, to my best of memory, believe I have. No, I've never had to take a shit so bad that I've been that caught out to that extent. Apart you know? from when you did it in your own kex, walking home but from I, the gig. That was, that was a bum pressure thing. I wasn't walking home from the gig. I'd got off the bus and I'd been holding in the vom-voms and the vom-voms came very hard and it, it was hard to keep the sphincters secure when yeah. the pressure is going at both ends. So, and then I had to waddle carefully around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a great moment, Paul, but that's, you know. Well, it's brought me joy. 
I'd like to hear some more tales from the shop floor um, where the the teller is the victim. You know, didn't we have used to have those like, We've, oh, I shat myself, or I had to vomit, or uh, you know uh, what, I farted. Oh dear, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I've got a, a miniature hat here. Right. Uh, what else have I got? Don't look around your room desperately and just shout miniature hat out as if that's going to benefit this <laughs> podcast. Uh, Will, something, we've got to have to get a natural ending to this section. Here's the natural ending. If you listen to that and think, I've got a story that can blow the balls off that, then get in touch. It's thecheapshow at gmail.com. And eventually, I'll read them out. As long as they don't mock the mentally unwell. Yeah, there's been a few of those. Can you not do that, please? Please. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to read them out. Email us at thecheapshow.com. Dot co dot uk. You fucking idiot! I literally <laughs> just said it, and you can't even uh, remember what I said for two seconds ago. Typical. Bye. Bye. No, not bye. Just hello. Bye. Hello. Hello again soon. Next segment. <laughs> so on Cheap Show we have a segment called Silverman's Platter, where Silverman presents his record curios, his vinyl. Uh, Misty, ah, oh, fuck off. <laughs> rub, rub. Rub, rub, Mr. Silverman. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, oh, shall I try, Paul? Yeah, shall you I try. try doing that? Go on. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you may be familiar with the uh, section of Cheap Show known as Silverman's Platters. And that's where myself, Eli Silverman, delve into my wide beautiful, girth-like collection of novelty records, comedy records, unusual records, curios, and one-offs, odd jobs, little boy tailors. (laughs) (laughs) Rub, rub, Mr. Silverman. Rub, rub. Records, innit, Paul? And uh, you've got a different record for us uh, this week, Paul, don't you? Yeah, unfortunately, it's not uh, Mr. Silverman's platters, it's Paul's platters. Today, well, who's the who's the uh, patron saint of Paul's platters? Uh, Norris McSquirter. No, Doris McSquirter. Doris McSquirter. So, <laughs> right, the patron saint of Paul's platters is Doris McSquirter. Okay, so you do an intro where you yeah. go, "Hello, welcome to Paul's platters," with me, Paul Gannon, yeah. and Eli Silverman's will help me, and just one word from the patron saint of this segment, and then you mm. go over to me, and then I'll do um, I'll yeah. do Doris. Yeah. All right, here we go. <clears throat> well, it's time for Paul's Platters, the sh- part of the show where we go through the record collections that I've been building up and share them with your good selves. And of course... What now, Paul, Paul, Paul? <laughs> what? That was not, even by our fucking minusculely low standards, that was, our standards are a plank scale off the fucking base level of reality. And you... <laughs> our record collections just try again that's what I'm saying one more time okay for me just right hit okay baby yeah, yeah baby yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, I, can do it. I can do it I can do it I can do it can you do this for me baby can you baby do this for me baby yeah yes yeah, so don't stop calling me baby <laughs> I don't I like it, because if you want me to call your baby, then I want to wash your gooch with a sponge. Well, that's not off the table. <laughs> okay? Splashy, right. splashy, sloppy, sloppy. Come on. Paul's platters. Right. You love Ladies it. And... You love it. Baby, I'm behind you. I'm standing by you. Your baby, baby. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Calm down. Calm right. down. Relax. Here we go. One, two, three. One, two, three. Do you like weird records? 
Do you like yeah. vinyl curios? Well, Ooh. you can get your fill of them in this section, Paul's Platters, brought to you with the patron saint of Paul's Platters. Why, it's Doris McSquirter. No, no, I won't let you take my bumblebees away. God almighty. She's a beekeeper. Thanks, Doris. <laughs> Here comes the beekeeper. Murderer! I'm Doris McSquirter. <laughs> right, go away, Doris. All oh, right, I'm coming. Bye. Please. Ah. Ah. Ooh. Squatter. Ah. Ooh. Ah. Is it this way? Yes. Bye, Doris. Let yourself out the podcast. Thank fucking you. hell. <laughs> Just fucking hell. <laughs> She's really? gone, mate. <laughs> the one-man plays of you getting rid of characters you've invented from your bedroom. Are just amazing half the time. I love it. That's my favourite thing to do on this show is ask a character I've just invented to leave the yeah. house of pickles. A, a service you don't need to provide to your characters. Well, it's nice. It's nice to be nice, isn't it, Paul? You it know? is nice. So today's platter comes from a friend of the show called Kyle. Well, he's not a friend. He's just us being nice. A listener called Kyle. He says, Paul and Eli, I oh, just wanted to Paul, just wanted to say, Paul, what? Just, to, just on a Five minutes in and we've not done anything yet. <laughs> just a technicality. Aren't all listeners friends of the show, Paul? Here? Yes. Aren't we, aren't we all friends? Yes. Hi, Kyle. Friend Hi, of Kyle. the show, Kyle. Just wanted to send these your way as I thought you may appreciate them. So Kyle sent some vinyl records. Now, I'll say this, Kyle, it was very kind of you to send me the Ghostbusters album soundtrack on vinyl and the single, but I do currently have like 10 copies of the Ghostbusters soundtrack on vinyl now from people who quite kindly send them in. But I don't need 10 copies of the Ghostbusters soundtrack album on vinyl. Paul, I just had an idea. seven copies of the single. You've got it. You've got it. I've got, I've got thank you, but I'm all right. I'm catered for. All right. Can all we right. just get on? Sorry for being enthusiastic and full of the joys of life and spring. Right now, as Paul Gannon edits this in the future from this point, <laughs> he's already depressed that he's at eight minutes and it's taken him half an hour to get there. All right. And <laughs> okay. he knows that there's another 40 to go and he's got to add in the music and the other Look, segments. Let you know me what just I mean, say, mate? Give let, me a break. Let me just say to Paul in the future, hello, mate. You all right? <laughs> and Paul's going to say fuck you you prick sitting in bed all getting right. stoned right now doing nothing as I'm up till 1am right. editing this bloody podcast so that's what Paul in the future is saying to you right now as he edits this we're already, already almost nine minutes in now Paul right so let, right. anyway long story short he sent me some Ghostbuster stuff but the album that did come in the collection which he calls from his shit disco collection it genuinely brought a massive smile to my face because I opened it up and inside was a vinyl an album from the artist Yuri Geller, and I had no idea this even existed. Well, Paul, Yuri Geller was a, actually a huge sort of star, wasn't he? He was huge in the 70s and early 80s, yeah. Yeah, it was the late 70s, early 80s, which is, is the disco era, isn't it? So before we go into the album, I'm going to use Wikipedia, as we do, to talk about who Yuri Geller is. Now, a lot of people probably do know because his name's just out there. You know, it's like the pop culture cosmos. It's like Yuri Geller's a name in everyone's lexicon. Yes, um, he's probably the most famous psychic ever. Yes, Yuri Geller, in a nutshell, is a man who uh, is Israeli-British. He's an illusionist, it says on his Yuri Geller page, a magician, a TV personality, and self-proclaimed psychic. So, yes, he was born in 1946 in Tel Aviv, December. Geller claims that he's a distant relative of Sigmund Freud on his mother's side. Because his mother's called Margaret Freud. Mm. 
So who knows? At the age of 11, Geller's family moved to Cyprus, where he attended high school. Um, at 18, he joined the Israeli Army Paratroopers Brigade, in which he served until 1967. Oh, he served in the 1967 Six-Day War and was wounded in action. Then he became oh. a photographic model in 1968 and 1969, and during that time, he began to perform for small audiences as a nightclub entertainer. Interesting. Hmm. Then he became. Then he started performing in theatres, public halls, auditoriums, military bases, universities. By the 70s, Geller had become known in the United States and Europe. He was also receiving attention from the scientific community, whose members were interested in examining his reported psychic abilities. Yeah, see, this is all really, this is where it's interesting to me, because he was claiming, wasn't he, that it was all real. And that yeah. it, it just when you read his history and who he, you know, he lists himself as a, ma- a magician before psychic. Well, you know what I mean? An illusionist before I will psychic. say this. Apparently, he never referred himself as a illusionist or magician until 2015, when during a motivational speech, he said, I'm a magician. Oh, right. But the thing is, is that just just based on that short little history there, my opinion is, is that he's a con man. You know, he uses magic tricks to support his psychic abilities. He totally does. Do you know there's that famous thing where he claimed he could tell how many balls were in a a sort of um, a container? Of, yeah. of some sort and uh, they would he could always do it and he could teach someone else to do it as well all they did all these balls were in this sort of box and basically all the the scientific investigator I think it was that guy the incredible Randy actually he was a he's a famous James debunker. Randy yeah yeah James Randy's a famous debunker of course and um, he basically just glued the balls down so they didn't move around at all in the container. Right. and then suddenly Yuri Geller couldn't do it anymore you know he was like oh there's something wrong so obviously because he glued been, the balls down that had some effect he, on the trick. Obviously, Yuri Geller had been discerning how many were in by the the way they were rolling around or moving in the box. In a, the, the sad thing is, in a way, that's a really impressive feat. Yeah, that's but what I was going to say. say it's yeah. like a, yeah. abilities is... Is a con. Yeah, yeah a it con. means that yeah. you've given us a gift. You've tainted it by adding yeah. some paranormal aspect to it. Absolutely. But that was what that was all the rage then, wasn't it? Because people were... Give it some contest. It was during this whole satanic panic era, wasn't yeah. it? There was a there was a lot of and the UFO uf, ufology. Um, I, th- I, th- I think was also huge. There was a lot of there was a lot of cultural attention on the what whatever the fourteen whatever you'd call it. Yeah, the paranormal, the, paranormal, the fourteen. In, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think people like Yuri Geller became the figureheads for that kind mm. of movement because you even look at like look the, the history of psychics and the history of all of that claptrap goes back hundreds of years. We don't have time for it now. But effectively, okay. from the 50s, when ghost hunting became more scientific, the push away from that was spiritualism and psychic abilities. So while they were both chasing the same ends of the argument, one was trying to justify it with science and the other one was trying to justify it with the mysteries of the cosmos. Yes. If we go back to the Wikipedia article, it just briefly goes through his career so we can make a few points of this, just for context before we get to the album. So, Geller gained notice for demonstrating on TV what he claimed was psychic kinetic abilities in dowsing and telepathy. Uh, Unfortunately, as we all know, that meant mostly bending spoons on TV, which always fucking... I never understood why that was the hill he decided to die on. Bending spoons. It's a very easy trick to do, and it's one you can do with a lot of scrutiny. It's basically close-up magic, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. very... His whole thing seemed to come down to bending spoons, guessing a house you've drawn on a piece of paper, and making your shit watch start again. 
Yeah, and I can remember falling for it, and uh, me and my sisters had spoons, and we were rubbing spoons. Well, here's the other thing, though. Did you try it? Did you try to use your psych? Very likely, I tried it once or twice. Uh, I did it. I did rubbing, rubbing the spoon. I thought, fuck this. I'm going to stick it up my meters. (laughs) (laughs) Twangy, twangy, twangy. (laughs) Wow, has it really been 15 minutes since we did a a meters twang joke or something? Wow. Yes. I just thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd get it in. It was. Get yeah, a bit no. serious, Paul. No, it was. But the thing is about Yuri Geller, and one of the things that I think makes him stand out is that he tried to democratize psychic abilities with him saying, I can do this with the power of my mind, and you can too. It invited us all into this paranormal yes. world, that which was, a lot of psychics a, didn't yeah. do. They were kind of like, I'm gifted and you're all normal, so yes. worship me. Whereas he was, was like, no, we can all do this. That definitely one of the one of the big elements of why he was huge, wasn't it? Because it was that inclusive, everyone can do it, the power. He, he gifts the power to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and there were people who swear blind that. They sat at home watching him and their table shattered while they were trying to make a spoon bend or their clocks all started going off. There's this sense of people buy the lie and then they feel special because of it. Or they believe it. Yeah, but because of that positive reinforcement, they kind of go, oh, well, it's harmless what he does. But to be fair to him, it was a lie and a con, but it was kind of harmless as well. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, you're dead It wasn't like he was talking to the dead, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't unsavoury in that way, was it, at all? It was it no. was pretty sort of like, oh, the, the my clock started again. So it says in the article that numerous magicians and sceptics have caught Geller cheating and replicated his performances wholesale. Um, in 1975, Geller published his first autobiography called My Story and acknowledged that in his early years, his manager talked to him about adding a magic trick to his performances to make them last longer. That what old was he chestnut. doing? What was his whole act at first? Songs, well, it, it was probably, no, I mean, it was probably just like he went on, bent a few things, started a wash, and that whole act was seven minutes. So some guy went, oh, can you do a card trick in there as well? Okay. Learn a card right. trick. So it's a 15-minute set and we can sell you at Butlins. Whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, apparently, this trick involved Geller peering to guess audience members' car registration numbers that his manager had given him ahead of time. That's the whole cold, hot reading thing, which is a similar trope in psychics. That's a, that's a, what's known as a hot read. That is a hot read. Um, one of Geller's which is the worst critics. kind of read. That's the least skillful kind of read. That's it, it like, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But again, the trick there is not to make it look easy. The trick is, if no. you're a psychic doing it, you're meant to make it hard. You know. Yeah. And the funny thing about Yuri Geller is, he's made a lot of things bend, but he's never made me hard. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh fuck off. Rub rub I'm rub not. Paul. Rub 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 Paul. No. I rub myself. I rub rub myself. All right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I often have to. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to rub your nubbin. <laughs> sometimes it's hard to rub your nubbin. Yeah. <laughs> Give it all your rub to just one gland. One gland! <laughs> Stand oh. by your gland. Da, 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 da. Give it a good old throbbing <laughs> with your dirty nubbin. It's close at hand. Spot a fart the wall. <laughs> Paul, what else? Oh, dear. One of Geller's most prominent critics is the sceptic James Randi, who himself Randy. used to be a magician, the, the, the incredible Randi or whatever it was. Um, he accused Geller of repeatedly trying to pass off magic tricks as paranormal displays. Randi mm. wrote a book called The Truth About Yuri Geller, and it challenged a lot of his claims and often duplicated Geller's performances using stage techniques. By the mid-80s, Geller was described as a millionaire several times over and claimed to be performing mineral dowsing services for mining groups at a standard fee of £1 million. Fuck 
me. See, when we say no one's getting hurt, to some extent that's true, but that, to me, is outright robbery. Yeah, that is terrible. So he just basically pointing a map and go, yeah, there's diamonds there or something. Yeah, dig yeah. there, dig there for the diamonds. Oh, it is good. In June 1986, <laughs> the Australian skeptic reported that Geller had been paid $350,000 and granted an option of 1 million Xanax shares at 20 cents each until Xanax? June 5th, 18. Eight, Xanax. Z A N E C. I don't know. I thought it was Xanax as in the uh, barbiturate drug. Yeah, I thought that. No. Uh, anyway, um, Geller starred in the horror film Sanitarium in 2001, directed by Johan Roberts. In May 2002, he appeared as a contestant on the first series of the reality TV series, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. That's when they put a bunch of bargain basement celebrities in the jungle and make them eat kangaroo dick. Yes. I remember Yuri Geller wolfed down that kangaroo dick. He was like, Did he? Ooh, could I have the scrotum as well? Ooh, thank you, Mom. Could I also have the, the hairy grottles? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, an, a, a gooch aperitif. I shall take it. Perineum? Don't mind if I do. Perineum? At this price, there is steel. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. In 2005, Geller starred in Yuri's Haunted Cities uh, for Sky One. Geller hosted a reality TV show in Israel in 2007 called The Successor, where the contestants supposedly displayed supernatural powers. Israeli magicians criticised the programme, saying it was all magic tricks. And in 2007, NBC signed Geller and Chris Angel for Phenomenon to search for the next great mentalist. So he's doing shows, reality TV shows, where they're looking for the next fucking... Yuri Geller. We don't need the one we've got now. No, it's it's all quite sort of sad, isn't so, it? Really? So look, if you're really interested in in um the life of Yuri Geller, and you want to know more. The Wikipedia article is pretty much all you need to know. But we thought it was worth. I thought it was worth bringing this up before we move on to the album. All right. He's done a number of controversial performances. Okay. Yes. Television presenter Noel Edmonds often used hidden cameras to record celebrities in candid camera situations for his TV show, Noel's House Party. In 1996, Edmonds planned the stunt in which shells would fall from the walls of a room while Geller was in it. The cameras recorded footage of Geller from angles he was not expecting, and they showed Geller grasping a spoon firmly with both hands as he stood up to a display to bend it. So basically, they wow. caught him cheating. You, you cheating, cheating Geller. caught... Yuri Geller cheating on Noel's house party. And even though he saw that, saw Yuri Geller cheating at the paranormal, he still seems seems to think he can tie a bit of red string around his, his wrist and hope for a Jeep, and then one comes up his drive. Sorry. <laughs> no. I, thought, I thought you were building a picture. No, no. I'm just saying um, it's ironic that uh, Edmund's exposed Geller because yeah. Edmonds Edmonds does seem to buy into all sorts of uh, hocus pocus shit as well doesn't he yeah that's all I'm saying so look if you want to know more about Geller and his personal life check out his Wikipedia page there's lots of links to videos and episodes of radio shows and Johnny Carson shows and a BBC documentary it's all there it's a fascinating life even if most of it is absolute bollocks at this stage Paul it's almost like like wrestling professional wrestling or something you know it seems to be yeah. like we all, everyone really in their heart knows this is a, a, a sham, but it's sort of like everyone, it's entertainment. Do you know what I mean? He seems to, he's walking that f- fine line by sort of still claiming it's real, but sort of yeah. everyone sort of knows it isn't. Do you know what I'm getting at? It's yeah. like, 
It's entertainment now. But at the same time, I just think he's completely an exploitative human being. Because, for instance, remember, he did speak on behalf of Michael Jackson. Big friends with Jacko, yeah. And Michael Jackson was Geller's best man when Geller renewed his wedding vows. So you know what I mean? It's like everyone's selling each other snake oil and the very rich people selling each other this snake oil all keep the fantasy alive. Yeah. To the point where at some point at the height of his career, someone went, you know what, Yuri Geller, you should make an album. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Oh, that's a good fucking link. That give me a round of applause. (laughs) Thank you. So the album, it's just called Yuri Geller. Have I shown you the front cover of this? Eli, look at the zoom. I'll show you the front cover. Yeah, it's a cosmic egg. Yeah, what is that? It looks like a giant zit, though. It's yeah. Like, it's a cover of something bursting through a skin-toned surface into the space it, it is extremely, void. It's extremely zit-like. You're right. It's, uh, it looks like some kind of pustule. Well, look on the back. It shows you this. See? Is there some kind of spurt coming out the centre of that dome? Yeah, some, like a little emanation of light spurting out. And above the title, uh, track listing, there is a bent key. Well, this is why I don't like the art on this. It's like, I can see what they're getting at. It's like emerging, you know, something transforming, bursting through. But it just looks like you've popped the zit on your front cover of your album. The mistake the artist made, if you ask me, Paul, was that they used skin tones. If they'd, yeah. used, if they'd used a much more, maybe like a red Mars dust for the, for the ground. Do you know what I mean? And then well, the illustrations are by a guy called Terry Pasta. Mr. Pasta, stop. You know, you need to... If you're going to come down one side of it, either it's a sci-fi landscape or it's part of a human anatomy, you know? He seems to be um, falling in between those two stools, doesn't he, Paul? Yes, he does. It's a, it's a horrendous cover. It's, it's, there's something icky about it. I think this is testament. I don't know if Yuri Geller ever had drug problems. I think he probably fucking did, didn't he? Well, you know what? I will say this. Judging by what I'm seeing online of Terry... Pasta. It looks like he's worked on a quite a lot of albums from that era. David Bowie, Hunky Dory photograph. Is is that the same guy? Yeah. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? The Hunky Dory photograph. It's like a um. He's made to look like a sort of Victorian or something, isn't he? Like a dandy. It's sort of. It's, all, it's a bit it, kind it, of yeah. It's an old-fashioned-y kind of photograph that's been artificially coloured. Yeah. Uh, but that's completely different from the Yuri Geller thing. Perhaps he just thought, oh, this cunt Geller. I'll just knock this off. Looks a bit like a zit. Fuck it. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he's going to pay me a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Ching, ching. I'll give him what he wants. What do you want, Yuri? Yeah, I want uh, a little burst of uh, some kind of light to come through the, yeah. uh, this force. It's, I bet he said something like a cosmic egg. He said a oneness, a cosmic egg. You know? A cosmic egg. Yeah, it's, that is very good. Can you make it so it doesn't look like a zit? Paul, <laughs> he wasn't Yuri wasn't German, you know. <laughs> I mean, no, I know, but I can't do many accents anyway, so let me just do this one. I know, but it's weird because he's an Israeli. You can't, you know, it's like... Oh, I don't know. It says here in this article, by the way, that Terry Pasta is best known for iconic artwork for David Bowie's Hunky Dory and Ziggy Stardust albums. Oh, he did Ziggy Stardust as well. Yeah. Uh, that's similar. That's a similar sort of treated photo, isn't it, of him in the street in yeah. a phone booth? That's also very famous. He's also worked with the Beach Boys, Alex Harvey, The Sweet, Carl Palmer, and Soft Machine, as well as designing book covers for the likes of Arthur C. Clarke and Mickey Spillane. Um, also, just to mention, you said he's done uh, this pasta guy done artwork for Soft Machine. Now, I definitely yeah. I owned a Soft Machine. They're a sort of prog art rock group from the Coventry scene, and I definitely owned a, a one which was the one that he did because it had some kind of egg thing. On. 
on it. <laughs> so he, he obviously... It's <laughs> like his stock and trade is egg work. So one of you ever did one which was like a, a cosmic yeah. egg that looked like it had been taken in the uh, 1800s or something. You know. I think it's fair to say this is one of his less uh, successful covers. I believe in the trade they call it something that they tossed off they for tossed a couple off of quid. And it looks like a fucking sort of cosmic zit spurting spunk into the cosmos. Yes. Yes, it does, Mr. Silverman. Rub, rub. <laughs> don't, right, so, don't dismiss me. I will say don't this. Don't get dismissive. Don't, you can't, the rub, rub can't be dismissive. You have given me the rub, rub, and I have decided right. to run with it. I'm running with the rub, rub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, so I won't oh, say yeah. this about the album. It is signed by Yuri Geller. Yes, we've got a signed copy. I wonder if this means it's worth six or seven pounds. Yeah, probably something like that. What condition is the vinyl in Very for? good, actually, because I can imagine after listening to this once, why would you ever want to listen to it again? Yes. I, I, I listened to the whole thing the other day, and I will say this for him. It's inoffensive, but would I ever want to listen to this again in any circumstance? No. 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 So what this is, ladies and gentlemen, is it's an album of poetry and spoken word things that Yuri Geller says, talks over a very, um, it's very well produced orchestral, you know, background. It's it's very well made. It's very well produced. It doesn't sound Does cheap. it have any disco, doesn't it have any disco elements to it? No. In fact, I'll tell you what, before we get into it, I'll just read the inlay on this. It's, it's a bit long, but interestingly, on the inlay, there's all this text and the lyrics and everything, but it's also got a page from the University of London's King's College uh, from 1974, and this is what it says. Professor J.G. Taylor. I have tested Yuri Geller in my laboratory at King's College, London University, with specially designed apparatus. The Geller effect of metal bending is clearly not brought about by fraud. It is so exceptional that it presents a crucial challenge to modern science and could even destroy the latter if no explanation became available. Bullshit! It continues... As a scientist, I have been investigating some of the dozens of people who appear to have this ability to bend pieces of metal, first demonstrated so efficiently by Yuri Geller. Some I have tested can even achieve this without contact, as Yuri Geller himself can. Others can only do this... because Yuri has pre-bended the fucking spoons. That's how they (laughs) fucking do it. Others can only do this when they hear Geller or see him on TV. Results have been written up in two scientific papers, and two further papers are in preparation, as well as a book, Supermind, an analysis of the Geller effect by J.G. Taylor, not at all a bullshit scientist who should not be working in the academic field. You should be ashamed of yourself, Taylor. Fucking terrible. But the I, gist- think I, I think I remember that book, Paul. What was it called? Minds? Uh... Superminds. Superminds. I definitely remember seeing that. Because, you know, um, I, my life at that time did sort of intersect with uh, New Age stuff, as we know, because I was yeah. in a Buddhist uh, cult. And so there was a lot of... Um, I had a lot of access to sort of new age materials. So I think that was one of the books that was kind of uh, yeah. um, possibly around. But that's, it's bullshit. And obviously with hindsight, we can see that this guy's a fraud. I mean, the scientist is obviously, how did he, if that was a real person with a real position as a science professor, that's just shameful, isn't Fast it? Fast forward a few years where Geller goes, I'm a magician. He goes, oh, I've done a blunder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the you album shall. inlay. Basically gives a, a little recap of Yuri Geller's life, and then it says towards the end, two years ago, Yuri Geller started to write poems and song texts in which he expressed his thoughts and feelings about being human, life, love, and the universe. He presents some of them 
on this record. Uh, it, basically, it's been arranged by a guy called Byron Janus and um, uh, was the first American to be sent to the Soviet Union during the cultural exchange program between the two countries. What? He was the first one to achieve the highly sought-after Grand Prix de Disque and the French government honoured him with the title Chevalier des Art et Lettres. So he's helped compose this. And then Del Newman and Maxine Nightingale, two people who help out on the so- songs, I think, with the actual singing parts in the background. Del Newman right. composed half the titles and arranged all of them on the enclosed album. So he's also the arranger for Cat Stevens, Elton John, Paul Simon, and Paul McCartney. And the young singer, uh, Maxwell Nightingale, who sings on this LP, has played for over two years in London, Germany, and Berlin. She also played Sheila in the world-famous musical Hair and starred as Maria in Jesus Christ Superstar. So he's got yeah. in people with proper, you know, experience Proper credibility yes i was just about to say it feels to me like he had a lot of contacts in the music industry didn't he he obviously had you know it's a big production this he was like mega a- rich he was all over the tv it was a vanity project of sorts and someone came to him and went do you want to do you want to do you want to make an album and he went oh yes i will make an album yeah <laughs> that didn't sound like that <laughs> and then the album is literally the thing is the album is literally as you expect it. It's soft orchestral music with him talking very mysteriously over the music. Yes. Eli asked me a question. He said, Paul, does he mention spoon bending? And I went, yes, but not till the very last track called Mood. And if there's one track that emphasizes the whole album, it is Mood, because all the songs are largely sounding the same. And this one starts with a bit of, you know, cosmic claptrap and then moves into him basically saying, now let's bend a spoon. So would you like to hear him bending a spoon via song? I'd love to, Paul, please. All right, then here it is. So, Eli, I'm going to play the whole track to you now. It's about five minutes, but I'll only use about a minute of it in the show, all right? Let us drift our minds to believing and try with our thought powers to do something that we never felt we could achieve. Let's pick up something, maybe a fork, a spoon, or a key. Now concentrate. Drift your mind into believing deeply. Want truly the phenomena to occur. Hold the fork or key in your hands gently and start repeating in your head and mind Bend, bend Also, run your finger very smoothly up and down the object barely touching the metal stroking it tenderly while repeating in your mind Bend Woo. Now, mate, uh, I was listening to that and I was holding my penis at the same time. And now my penis looks like the letter J. It's bent. What also? It's gone all crook. What, what happens if you start saying work, work to the spoon? Uh, you know, and you get it mixed up, and then the spoon starts, you know, spooning some custard into your mouth of its own accord or something. Starts telling the time. Yeah. <laughs> or like your watch bends, goes all darly. No, there's something very creepy about that. And it's, it is very well produced, isn't it? It's all sort of, it's not like he just spoke over a track. The track has been, um, the music is built around it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there's little flourishes when he says certain things, and you know what I'm saying? Well, this is the thing. But- a lot of the album is exactly that track for track. Although the moods and tones and speeds are different, it's ultimately the same kind of lush arrangement with his kind of gentle, soft, breathless kind of reading of his poetry over the top of it. Yes, but it's not. It, that's the only track where he, he gets you to do the experiment or whatever. That's the only one. Most of them are all kind of... Open your mind to the possibilities of the tree burning in the wood. Oh, yes. There's one called The Lonely Man. (laughs) Let me just read the lyrics to this very quickly. This man, this lonely man, his heart beneath the fallen leaves that swept away all hopes and dreams that might have been this lonely man, this lonely man, a shadow on the hill. His future came and passed him by. The stars had turned. He wondered why this lonely man who walked the night. Truth withered his hope. Was spirit was gone, he still walked on, because he knew that somewhere out there, there was a hand, a guiding hand, to show him the way. To bend his dick. To bend his knowledge. <laughs> and give him a great yeah. big, huge cosmic egg. As a poet, he makes a very good con man, doesn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, Fuck, exactly. You know. I was stupid. But the thing is, there is another track on this album that I want you to listen to, because it's the only one that has any kind of massive change of kind of tone it's very dramatic i think i think this song is about reincarnation and rebirth and evolution but i also think he doesn't know what it's about so have a listen to this mr silverman and tell me what you think this is called the day You get the gist of that. Bloody hell. If you listen to the lyrics, just listen to how this goes on, because I can't fathom it. It dripped and churned, the quieted burn. The purple turned to green, and the green became so white and silver, but silver turned to gold, and gold had dripped to rainbow colours that coloured all in mist. The mist became so heavy, sunken, so sunk, so deep above. The colours dropped to nothing, burnt again, and sown the fields. The fields that grew these colours yellow, and they began to say, and they began to say evolution must have its way yeah it's about paul the primordial earth isn't it i don't know uh, is it about the primordial earth where life first started yeah no it's absolute doggerel and uh hundred percent bourgeois yeah it is it's uh track after track of claptrap shit um also i've got some things to say um, Go when he says get a, get an object, and he said, I thought he was going to start listing a whole bunch of uh, uh, utensils. There, he goes, <laughs> yeah, it could be a fork, spatula, perhaps those tongs bucket, you get, you know, crab bucket. Yeah. 
No, you couldn't bend a crab bucket, mate. You you give me half an hour and I'll fucking bend a crab bucket, mate. You fucking yeah. watch me. <laughs> really? I'll, I'll fill it. Ooh, ooh, I'll ooh, fill ooh. it. Paul, just what? a slight quick diversion. I'll yeah. fill the crab bucket with spunk. <laughs> Thank you. Blah, Hooray. Rub, rub. Um, rub, rub. I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. Um, so it's so sexualized as well. Stroke it tenderly, he says Mate, at one point. It, uh, that, um, that whole track. And my favorite part of the track is it goes, but if it doesn't happen, don't worry. Yeah. It probably doesn't happen to everyone. It doesn't happen to me sometimes. It sounds like someone who's saying, whose partner has uh, failed to achieve an erection. Yeah. And they're saying, it's all right. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's all right. It doesn't happen for everyone. You know, don't worry Just about it. Just stroke it and stroke it and yeah. say, work, work. And yeah. hopefully you'll, you'll make it magic. But you don't want it bent, do you? You yeah. don't. Um, absolute garbage. And you can see he's peppering it with all these um, uh, pseudoscientific terms, isn't he? Because he refers to it as a phenomenon... And he says this well, this experiment. He, I think he says experiment at some point. So he brought he brought it on himself. He didn't he? He brought yeah. it on himself. He made these claims that it was real. But it leads it lends itself to feel closer to a cult thinking that tries to yes. marry the cosmic with the scientific. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. And again, it's right in the it's right in the height of the cult era. It's almost as if yeah, well, exactly. It's almost as if he's using science to explain his nonsense. Even though yes. they absolutely don't work together, and also he sort of seems to be using um, a lot of the cult, new age, culty ideas. It's like a cult for the masses, isn't it? The whole thing of yeah, getting everyone involved. Yeah, it's gentrification of like the occult. Yes, or or, or commodify commodification. Yeah, and, so, and sort of. Yeah, I have no idea if this album was a success. It was released in 1974. There's a great article that I'll post a link to on our website from a website called No Recess Magazine that talks a little bit more about the art about the album itself although it, it interesting footnote it says at right at the end of this article is that he did record a completely new version of this completely in japanese so wow he, he, it must have been a success in japan yeah I, he must have been able to speak japanese now silverman here's the question is it a splatter or a platter would you add it to your collection or would you give it right back to the charity shop um i would definitely like that in my collection because i uh, i like novelty records as you know i've got a few psychic uh, we covered that psychic. Oh, uh, we the, did. Yeah, that's true. I've got those kind of records, so it definitely would really fit into my collection. And you know what makes it all the all uh, the more desirable yeah. to me is the signature. Always good. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much it goes for if 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 it was signed. His his autograph must have some value. I think it'd be more if he died. Or if he'd um, if he'd become Jesus or something, you know what I mean? What if he actually ended up being the second coming yeah. of Christ? Yeah, and like all so of a sudden, a terrible... I've got a signed album by Christ. Yeah, but that's worth a fucking load. <laughs> and another thing I'd say is he missed a trick by not making them uh, proper disco tracks. If he's got, you should have got Quincy Jones to produce. You know, he must have been mates with Quincy. Yeah, he was but mates with. You know what I mean? That's not get, what he's get, going get for. Get some bass. Get some bass. A bit of wah wah guitar, mate. You know? Yeah. Uh, Eighty four discogs say they're eighty four for sale from around two pounds sixty five at the marketplace. Okay. Uh, right. Thirteen pound. But we've got a signed one, mate. We've got a signed one. We've mate. got a fucking signed that? one. Yeah. Actually, yeah. the original LP album uh, is. Going for 20 euros here. It's a French copy. Oh. Oh. So there you go. I, well, I, I would also, I'll be honest with you. When I listened to this, I was 
very stoned out of my head. And that's probably why I enjoyed going along with it for so long. Uh, well, Paul, back to your question. For me, it's it's a splatter. It's not very good, obviously. I wouldn't want to listen to it. But um, that's not to say I wouldn't like it in the collection with all my other novelty uh, LPs. Well, it's winging its way to you just as soon as the lockdown's over. But for now, Ooh. it's time to put away Yuri Geller's Cosmic Bum Egg. Also, um, urine. Urine Geller. Right, good. Is that really what you were sitting on all this time? I Great just thought, stuff. We, we got to cover all the bases, Paul, so, you know. I mean, all right, well, then you should have said urine we... jeller. Oh, I fucked it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you, know what a urine, you know what a urine jeller is? What? Um, it's one of those things that you can buy in Japan, so if you get caught short. Nah, we should um, have ended this segment about two minutes ago, mate. No, we should. <laughs> Here we are. Let me finish. This is it. We're finishing it. No. Rob, Rob. Rub, rub. No, you make jelly piss, jelly, rub. jelly piss, panel. <laughs> Shut up, rub, rub. <laughs> and that's it for Cheap Show this week. Thank you for supporting us. If you do on Patreon, if you'd like to and you could afford to and it isn't an inconvenience, it is patreon.com forward slash Cheap Show. And guess what, Eli? What? I'm looking at Twitter right now and someone says, oh, look, one for the pod. It's Doritos tangy pickle flavor. Fuck. Oh. That'll be good. Yeah. I love pickles, Paul. We Oh, we know. One thing I love is pickles. Paul, also, have you yeah. noticed pickles seem to be having a real moment and it's building momentum. Pickle flavour everything. Pickle flavour everything. We were ahead of the curve on pickle trend. We certainly were. I would like to see a winky in the shape of a pickle. <laughs> I would like to see pickle in the shape of a winky. That's the other thing fucking Yuri Geller says. He says anything you can imagine is possible. I would like to I would like to say no it isn't. I've imagined a blue fairy with huge tits and a and a train for a head. Is that coming true? A train true? for a head. Yeah. It's the blue train head big tit fairy. Rub rub. Rub rub <laughs> Mr. No, Silver. Fuck off. You can't You can't disarm right. me. You can't rub rub me. I have rub rubbed you out of this. Right, Fuck so you. if you want a one-stop shop to help out Cheap Show, go to our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. Because if you go to our website, not only can you find the latest pictures and videos that accompany all these episodes, but there are links to our YouTube channel. There are links to the uh, Tony Art merch. So you can buy your T-shirts and whatnot. There's the Cheap Show magazine you can now buy physical copies of. There's links everywhere. It's, and there's a P.O. box. You can send stuff to our P.O. box, which is Cheap Show, P.O. box. Box 1271 Harrow HA33NS. And if you want to support my book that I'm doing through Unbound, there's a link there too. So you can maybe throw a couple of quid my way and I can write a book. And that's it. That's your one stop shop, thecheapshow.co.uk. Unless you want to follow us on Twitter at the Cheap Show Pod. I'm at Paul Gannon Show and Eli is Eli Snoid, which you can spell by using the letters E L I S N O I D. Paul, thank you. And the awards have been counted up. Oh, the awards. And I've been given the results. Any surprises? Yes, I've not read them yet. I've tried to keep it a secret for myself until okay. we actually get round to planning it. So they are there. Uh, once again, fantastic work by Rhiannon. Thank you so very much. Thank you for Rhiannon. Obviously, because the lockdown has affected our plans for certain things, we are going to do the awards. We don't know how or when yet, but it will probably be in July. That's the plan. Your envision 
The deadline is now closed as of this episode's release. How many entries? Quite a few. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be doing that a few weeks from now as well. So yeah, plenty of cheap show to come. Don't you worry, we've got a few surprises coming your way. Do you know how the lockdown has affect my, affected my schedule? Uh, absolutely in no way at all. Well, wanking has gone to the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it previously? Oh, down six or seven. Uh, mine's always been in the top five. At five, having a cup of tea and some rich tea biscuits. Coming in at four, it's playing on the Switch, maybe Luigi's Mansion. At three, having a nice smoke. Oh, lovely, lovely. (laughs) Number two, knocking it out, splashing my ball gizzards all over my tum-tum. And at number one, why? It's presenting and producing Cheap Show. We just about kept it together, but I can see the wheels coming off, Mr. Silverman. Gabbin, throbbing. Oh, Gab- come on. Throb your nubbin, gubbin. Come on. I've got the crab bucket and I've got my gubbin throbbing, <laughs> let's, let's end on some classic <laughs> Eli garbage. Go on. Some classic <laughs> fucking stupid claptrap shite. Oh, my gubbin, nubbin, throbbing. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm trundling along. I've got the bucket. I've got my throbbing on. Ladies and gentlemen, rub, rub, Mr. Silverman. Rub, rub. And that's all for us this week. Bye. Oh. Oh. Bye. Hello. Who's the nubbing, Lord? I've got my gubbing up. Oh. Throb my tub off. Gubbins. <laughs> all right. Is that all right, Paul? Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>